This is the Imaginal Podcast, a place that protects and explores what we need to actualize our uniqueness. And like the caterpillar who carries its butterfly blueprint in its imaginal cells all the way to the chrysalis and then melts into liquid before it transforms, we too have an inner knowing that can tell us how to make our wings. Hi everyone, it is Sauce. Welcome to the podcast. I actually am a little under the weather, and thankfully it's not COVID, but I've been a little bit sick this week, and I wasn't sure if I would get the episode out, although we recorded the interview the week before. I didn't know if I'd be able to do this intro, but I'm getting so much better, and I would just also acknowledge everything that's going on in our world. There are so many heartbreaking things, and I wanted to just hold space for those, even though we're not talking about them directly today, and also for whatever you might be going through. So, hi. I hope you're well, and if there's anything that you want me to hold space for, please feel free to reach out. So this week on the podcast, I'm really excited to have Eric Levitin as my guest. Eric is a friend of mine from high school, although we never really had a chance to spend time together. I think our friend circles were different and, you know, how it goes in high school sometimes. So gratefully, we found friendship in each other many years later and... So Eric is an artist. He's incredibly talented. He was in the original Broadway cast of Kinky Boots, and he toured in shows such as Chicago and The Full Monty, Susicle, The Musical, and Damn Yankees, starring Jerry Lewis. He was also on The West End, and his television credits include FBI Most Wanted, Boardwalk Empire, Law and Order, Desperate Housewives, Scrubs, Diagnosis, murder, so many. There are more. I'm going to put them in the show notes. He is just the most beautiful human. He, oh, he was also the heckler on Late Night um, with Conan O'Brien. He is the co-creator of an award-winning show called A Little Traveling Music. And he is the host and creator of a YouTube series called Eric Levitin Whiskey, a fit. Aficionado, which I cannot say apparently. He also is the host of a podcast called How We Talk About Sex. Oh gosh, I feel really lucky to have him on the show. Eric is charming and insightful. He's funny and kind. He shares so many things that he has learned over the years that I think will be helpful for all of us. And He talks about how he has learned to navigate the unavoidable rejections that comes with being an artist. Really, he's just a beautiful human being who has taught me so much about life and living and loving and caring and all the things that come with moving through this world and living a life that is so meaningful. He is incredible. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Eric. I'm so honored to have him. Here is Eric Levitin. Tonight's show will be in front of a live audience. Never mind. Of zero. <laughs> of zero. Eric, welcome yes. to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to have you on. <laughs> Eric and I have been laughing for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> Quite literally. Yes. Yes. Eric and I are new old friends. Wait. Oh, nice. I like that. Is that right? Not we're not yeah. old, but we're new old friends. Well, you're not. I am, but you are not. Well, I'm older than you, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, Eric and I knew each other in high school, but really didn't get a chance to know each other until gosh, the pandemic. Yeah. 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 That's one good thing about the pandemic. One. Just one. Well, you know, what's interesting is we probably wouldn't even know each other if not for the pandemic, because I don't know that we knew each other well enough to say, hey, do you want to get together? Because so Eric lives in New York and I live in California. And I don't think that you would have probably reached out to me when you were in town. 
I was aware of your your what you were going through in your life when you were posting mm. in Facebook. So mm. I was aware. I don't remember if I got in touch during that time. I think I did, but I'm not positive. Right. Um, Eric and I both have kidney issues. Issues. So that's what he's referring to. But I mean, it's interesting because with Zoom, you know, it's so much easier to connect with people now that it, it just doesn't seem all that odd to try to connect with someone with, over Zoom. And that happened for us. And we got a, such a dear friendship out of, out of it. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yes, it's very cool. And so Eric and I have had some pretty interesting and meaningful conversations over this last past year, but we haven't talked too much about this topic, but just the idea of it seems to be so perfect for the podcast. And um, Eric is many things, (laughs) like he's nodding and laughing. I'm waiting for to hear for what, me. what I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you think I am? <laughs> this will be very enlightening to me. <laughs> He's a stand-up comic. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Or would that be, Next, be improv? <laughs> improv, maybe, maybe. I mm. was uh, just, you know, from that last little bit just now. Mm. Um, no, Eric is a a beautiful person. He is also an actor and a muse. Oh gosh. A musician and a vocalist. And Oh, he's no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people say that I sing. Well, I, I, I don't hear what other people say, but apparently I'm a singer. So yes. Okay. I'll let oh, you've only sung on Broadway. Eric. I have, I have <laughs> in many tours and stuff like that. It, it took me a while before I was like, so you all think that I sing well? All right. Well, then I'm just going to have to agree with you because I don't hear what you're hearing. But thank you. So, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm there now. So, yes. Yeah, so, sure, I'm a singer. I still have to do it in quotes. But yes, I am a singer, Eric, and you are a, a top singer, and I've touched many <laughs> lives. I've def- well, actually, that's how I did know you in high school. We, we crossed paths some, but I also went to so many of your performances, and he has yes. been on stages for really your whole life probably i'm guessing yeah yeah if you if you listen my mother she i was singing and dancing around the piano when i was very young three four years old no kidding apparently i don't i the only the only reason i remember that is because my mother told me that many times over my life so my memory is basically hearing about it right right yeah oh and pictures there was little pictures i think of, of me standing next to the piano while she played and i was apparently singing but yeah oh that's adorable (laughs) i think i I think i was adorable back then yeah i think if i remember correctly you still are adorable Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay so not only do we like to banter and also sing old songs which we were doing before this (laughs) yes many yeah but not i mean not just clips, just jokes. Not not like we were doing a singing for not full songs. No, that we're, this was not karaoke on Zoom. No, no, that will be next time with wine. <laughs> wow, that's a really good idea. Let's not do that. Um, that would be a really good idea. Yes, I think we should definitely do that. <laughs> I'm, I have so much confidence, even though I, I don't even know how to sing. And I'm, I'm suggesting this with a Broadway singer. I'm like, I'm really, you know, stepping into the big leagues. But so, on a serious note, although we won't keep this serious because it's impossible for us to stay serious the whole time. On a serious note, Eric is going to talk about navigating. <laughs> navigating the rough waters as an actor. Eric knows my heart for how deeply we are affected by criticism or um, rough environments or feedback and subjective opinions and how we can put our worth into the hands of other people, even accidentally or subconsciously or by choice. And so some of the conversations we've had have centered around these types of ideas just randomly. And also he knows my heart for this podcast and how these different things will come up when people are pursuing their dreams or that's what last episode 
was about, as you all may have remembered, may remember if you caught that episode. But it's such a important topic and it cuts right to what is meaningful. And Eric has developed so many things along his way. And I just know a tiny bit of it and really look forward to hearing more about it. So what would be a good place to start, Eric, do you think? Where do I want to start my dissertation? Um, <laughs> um, we can start from the, basically the beginning. In the beginning, I, I look, when I got into, I got into this, um, to acting and stuff like that by accident. Um, my mother suggested that I go audition for something in junior, junior high school. Hmm. Um, and before that, you know, like I said, I, I, I've I played, I currently have sung and danced around the piano when my mother uh, played when I was very young, three or four years old. I know I did little concerts at uh, these little school things when I was very young, too, uh, that I barely remember. But to actually audition for something was something my mom really pushed me because I'm, uh, I was very shy. Well, I'm still a very shy kid. Um, Let's make that. Uh, I, I'm an introvert who taught myself how to be an extrovert. Mm. So let's start there. Um, so I I had to learn a lot about how to be an actor and be have a presence and be in front of people. So when I auditioned for um, what was the show, Bobby Birdie, I was just hoping to get in it somewhere, and uh, uh, of course I got the lead part. Um, which th thrilled and stunned my mother and myself for that matter. Um, and then in that show, I went through all of the stuff that I, that most people take years to go through about, you know, big head, big ego. I'm, you know, a big important person to everything else and being cut off at the knees at a very young age um, because no, you're not. And people are, are happy to tell you that. So I went through that whole big roller coaster in one show in junior high school. Um, and, um, and still decided to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've, I, it took me a long time to be good at not just uh, performing and acting, but auditioning for it. Um, it's, um, it's a process and it's, it's not easy to keep yourself um, in good spirits, especially when you're going into a job saying, I have to get this job. I want to get this job. I need this job because 99% of the time you're going to hear no. 99.9% .9 of the time you're going to say no. If you can't handle no in your life, then you really need to not do this, <laughs> be in this business. Wow. Um, because that's all you're going to hear. Um, you know, when you go in auditions, the people have all kinds of numbers. But when you go in for for commercials, they say, "Look, you're you're doing really well if you get one out of a hundred. Wow. Um, yeah, it's not even you know. And you look at um, what other like baseball players, baseball players, huge all stars, people who are the best of the game are only doing it three out of ten times. Right. Right. Um, our, our people do it even less and can be big, huge stars. So um, it's, it's, it's a numbers game. And to get through the numbers game, you have to keep your sanity or your mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and I was very bad at that for a long time, a long time. Um, I, I have the voice in the back of my head that is very critical uh, and not just about acting, but about life and everything. Um, I, uh, no one is better at, at um, being, uh, uh, critical of myself than I am. Nobody I'm, I'm good at it. And when I say good at it, I mean, I'm, I'm horrible to myself sometimes or have been in the past. So it got to the point when I was auditioning for things and I've been doing it for a while. And when I was out of, even out of, um, college, I was, um, I remember one specific audition where I, I had the directors of one show who I'd worked with before when I'd been in the chorus and they wanted me to come in for the lead of, of a musical. And they even came out to see me in another state when I was doing some other show and asked me to come in when I got back to California to audition for the show. Um, I felt really great about that. I felt like it was my job to, to, to have. 
Mm. Um, and, um, and it's a show that I had played before in high school. So I knew it, or at least I felt like I knew it really well. And I was still very young and I went through the audition process and, um, I was really bad at, uh, hard, hard on myself going through that audition process. It was only a few days. And, uh, when I did not get the part, I, I, I got physically sick, like a uh, cold and the whole thing. I just, it was bad. Um, and that's the one time I really remember going, this is not going to work for you, Eric. You can't do this. Hmm. Um, you can't do this to yourself. If you can't find a way to stop, um, what I call roller coastering, where you're going up and down and up and down and up and down, um, you're not going to make it through this. You're going you're to keep making yourself sick and it's just not, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it wasn't overnight how to fix it, but it, it was, it was at least a, a thought process of going, I have to do something to help myself to keep it on a steady, you know, no rough water, just trying to keep it steady as, uh, as we go. I'm not a sailor, but you know what I'm saying? If you're trying to keep the boat going, you don't want to go up and down and up and down. You want to go kind of just float along as we, as we go. You can have little ups and little downs, but the big ones, and whew, that's just not good. Mm. Um, and if you're the kind of person like I am who gets on, literally gets on a roller coaster and kind of makes you feel ill, <laughs> then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it took a long time. And I, I talked to a lot of friends of mine about it, uh, including one friend of mine, Michael, who I've known for, wow. 30 years now, something like that, 30 years. Uh, and we've gone through a lot of things together of, of you know, doing, doing things. You're like, ah, oh, we shouldn't have done that. Uh, shouldn't, shouldn't have acted like right. And we've gone through the, the bads, the goods, all that kind of stuff. And trying to find our ways as we go. And, you know, and I've talked to my teachers at, at schools and got a lot of inf- um, information from them about how to deal with certain things. Um, but the big deal that I got, and I, I think I got it from, one of my favorite teachers at uh, UCLA was basically setting goals for an audition um, so that you can have a, a, a positive experience every time you go in for an audition. Make it attainable goals. And that can be anything from, I want to make sure that I, I shake everybody's hand. I want to make sure that I hit this certain note. I want to make sure that I get this line right for this laugh, whatever it is, of small, big, uh, hopefully the more you do it, the better you get at finding the ones that are high goals, but still attainable things you can still make happen within in an audition. And um, so I started doing that. I started writing things down a lot. Um, I started keeping track of what I was doing and, and, and how many goals I would think. And then afterwards, after the audition, eventually this took a while. I gave myself 20 minutes to go through the whole thing. What did you do? Right. What did you do? You miss um what happened that you didn't expect to come up all that kind of stuff go through the whole thing you can rip it to shreds if you want but you get 20 minutes and then we're done oh interesting Mm. we're just done uh take your notes on what you wore you know that kind of stuff and everything in case a callback comes back comes up but 20 minutes go through the whole thing be very happy very angry whatever you're going through but you only get 20 minutes of it and then it's done it's over forget about it you have to let it go. Um, and some people don't understand that. Like, uh, <laughs> like, like my parents sometimes didn't understand that. My father really didn't understand that. Uh, even though I would tell him over and over again, I can't, I can't tell you about auditions because that's what I do all the time. Sometimes I have three or four in a day. I, if I go through every audition with you, I'm reliving it every time. And I've already gotten rid of that. So I can't keep talking about my auditions. I can't keep going through them because it's just... It's not healthy for me to keep going through them, especially if something went really wrong or if I really felt bad about it. So I can't talk about, but I will let you know if I ever get a job, you will know when I get a job. And some, for some reason, he couldn't get that ever, Mm. which is a problem. So uh, 20 minutes, give yourself the 20 minutes to go through that kind of stuff. So basically um, it's, it's basically finding a way to, to keep, um, saying through this business, like I said, if you have four or five, three or four, or just two, if you have two auditions in a day, 
you're doubling up on on how you can really be bad to yourself if you if you really have a critical voice in the back of your head. Um, mm-hmm. So I just you have to give yourself boundaries. You have to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. Uh, an audition basically is what I do for a living. Um, basically, it's it's what I do. So it's I don't think of it as an audition. I don't think of it as as anything of but you know I get to act for five minutes today, uh, or sing today for for some people or whatever. I can't go in there going, "Hi, I'm here to get the job." That's not going to work for you. I'm so interested and moved by the whole idea of it being a numbers thing. And I just think it's human nature to put our worth into whether or not something quote succeeds, right. Or fails. And so the reframe that you made is really so beautiful because what we, like, if you put your worth into an audition, let's say, or if anybody does, then that means your worth is going down the drain 99 times out of a hundred. And you're only worth something one time, right? Which is really crazy. Ludicrous. That's, that's, I know you, your worth is unchanging, but because we live in such a subjective feedback society, I think it's so natural for us in a culture that has likes and dislikes on our social media posts and things like that for us to really take this feedback in and and let it affect our worth. And so that's one thing that I think is such a beautiful reframe. And I'm curious about how the 20 minutes plays into that, because from what I gather in my own imagination, it's that the 20 minutes would allow me to process what I did well what maybe I'd like to improve on without putting my long-term worth into that audition, which maybe why you then wouldn't want to, I then wouldn't want to stay with it, you know, and I can really relate to not wanting to rehash every audition with my dad afterwards or something. I don't know. What, what thoughts do you have about how that maybe, maybe a little bit of how that 20 minutes came up or how you, I, well, because <clears throat> in the beginning, I would do it um, for days, you know, uh, much more that mm. that the rest of the day. Um, and then, you know, the next day I'd wake up and go, why did I do that again? Why did I do that again? And it just, it was just too much. It was too much. And the little voice mm. in the back of my head is uh, is very critical, very critical. And I had to do something about that. So I had to make it something that was digestible and still gave you enough time to actually really go through it all and not just dismiss it completely. So <clears throat> I might've started with 15 minutes and realized that I, I, uh, it's not good enough. Uh, but you know, 30 is too long. Um, especially when you have back literally back to back auditions where you're going right from one to the uh, one right down the hallway. And you're like, I don't even get 20 minutes. I get like two minutes and I got to use those two minutes to get ready for the next audition. So what are you doing? Um, I have to just mm. change, completely change my headset and go into uh, my brain set and go into a different thought process. So you don't always get that 20 minutes as it is. Um, and when you do two in a row, I, I don't, I don't really give myself 40 minutes for two auditions. I give myself, you got 20 minutes to go through what you just did back to back. So it's more about, I want to be done with the critical thinking, not, not because of for each one, but I want to be done with it because I need to do that for my mental health. If I don't do that, I, I, I will make myself physically ill I will, I will be not nice to myself and other people around me. Um, and no one deserves that. So I have to give myself permission to do it, but only for that long. And so 20 minutes just makes, it just made the most sense after trying it. Not very many times. It just made sense. You know, 20 minutes is it. That's you get a third of an hour and then it goes away. So if you need to remember something, write it down, but that's it. We're done. Have to. Um, you know, and I'm, I was lucky enough at a per- certain point in my life where I was auditioning multiple times in a day sometimes. And um, it really 
helped me get through days like that. Eric, I feel like that's such a good, a a really amazing takeaway because you know how sometimes you can keep someone's comment in your head and you can mull it over or something you said or something you did and it just stays with you and you're beating yourself up for it. And the next day you wake up and you're still thinking about it and someone will say something 10 years later and you're still like, oh gosh, you know, when that moment or that thing, whether it was legitimately something that you wish you didn't do, or it was just not anything and somebody else fed back something to you or whatever it was, it's not really meant to define your worth by, right? It's not meant to define yourself by, but yet we do that. And so what I love is this 20 minutes, it's really a professional 20 minutes for you to negotiate what it is that you want to take away from that. And what I really felt was when you were like, that's it, mm-hmm. you have to. And I, I I think that if you can hear that voice, his tone of voice like that, it's very sure, like that's it. You have to separate yourself from it. Um, that really is beautiful. And it stops the critical voice in the back of your head, as you referred to, which we all, I think it's so relatable. And that voice isn't really our voice, right? It's something that was programmed in from probably a long time ago or childhood oh, yeah. or yeah. who knows where. All of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we conflate it and we make it our own. And then we put it in mixture with the audition that we didn't right. get or mix that in with, you know, someone's comment from a partner from yes. five oh my years God. ago. Yes. My therapist, my, my therapist, used to call that, um, uh, something tapes, mixed tapes. I don't remember what she called it, but little tapes that you always keep in the back of your head from, you know, ex-girlfriends, parents on and on and on bullies everything. You just, those are the ones that are just there, whether you like it or not. Right. Yeah. They weren't meant for you or any, anyone. I mean, and it's interesting too, you were mentioning how that affects how you treat yourself and treat others. And, and it is true, right? It's, it's also, it can uh, posit us to um, project uh, or whatever. And I think that kindness that we want to give to others and then also should be given to ourselves as well. Um, and it's, it's not really um, like the auditioning process doesn't set you up for that. If you don't really carefully reframe it. And I think that's another thing I loved is when you said that you, your job is auditioning, you, you act for those women. So it's not, it's not that you're, going to auditions to see if you're worthy or going to auditions to see if you matter. And then you do your job. Like that's just a part of the holistic thing of acting. Right. Right. And that's such a great reframe. That is so healthy. It's so wonderful. (laughs) And it's, it took so long to get there. I mean, I think about when I was very young, very young doing this and not being nice to myself at all. Oh, oh, Mm. just horrible to myself. Which is why, you know, when my, my friend Michael and a few other people, but most actors can't even do this, is is like uh, you get an audition, you go, I got this. Well, have a good time, but you're not going to get the job. You know, we just, we're not there to get the job. So it's like, you, so don't worry about it. You're not going to get the job. Um, and some people really recoil to like, well, don't say that. Well, you know, I, I'm keeping myself healthy. If you're not saying that, because percentage wise, I'm not going to get the job. So when I get a job, it's like fantastic and I can really enjoy that. But um, most of the time, I'm not going to get the job. And if you just keep that in the back of your head, you can go into an audition going, hey, I hear you're looking for an actor who does this, that, and that. I happen to do that. Let me show you what I do. And uh, if you like it, great. If not, I have another one down the hall in about 10 minutes and I'm going to do the same thing with them. If you can get to that point, and it's not arrogant, it's not... um, I don't mean it to come off as like, I mean, like you have something that you're looking for. I have something that might fill that need. Maybe we can work together. Let me show you what I do. That's it. Mm-hmm. If that, if you can walk into that audition like that. And I had that, I had that so clearly for a while because of my kid, when I, after my kidney um, transplant, mm-hmm. the voice went away for about a year, year and a half. And every audition I walked into, um, was completely, 
hey, how you doing? This is what I do. Because I was living, I was living on house money. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So oh, gosh. Oh. It was it was oh. amazing. And I really, you know, was like, this is fantastic. I hope this lasts forever. Um, the pandemic has really crapped all over that, but that's another thing altogether. But yeah, for the longest time, I was I was just like in a in a zone where this nothing about this is personal. Um, I, you know, I was so much better as an actor than I was at uh, asking someone out on a date, which is horrible. I'm horrible at um, <laughs> because this is my job. And, you know, if you might be saying no to me, but not because of me, but because I look like your uncle, you, you hate your uncle or um, you don't fit the costume or whatever. Dating, if you say no, you're saying no to me because of me. So I'm much better at acting and auditioning than I am with going, hi, what do you want to go? Hi, hi. <laughs> horrible so um that's something else i gotta work on but it's a different book altogether um but yes i don't i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at the humanity no no, no it. it's yeah <laughs> and also Please. it isn't it isn't you but i mean it's interesting because well i, I mean sorry i'm totally commandeering the microphone all of a sudden. my turn go, my turn go, you <laughs> I just I think on my watch I can't let that go because I just think you're the most amazing person and so you know I have to bite. I can't let that go. I can't let that go. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean well interestingly, as you look for that fit in acting, I think that's similar to dating. You know, we're also looking for that fit and who knows? I mean, maybe in in dating you might also look like the uncle or not look like the uncle or whatever it is. And, yes. and so, yeah, but I mean, whoever dates you is very lucky. Um, you hear so, that, ladies? Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Thank you. I'll let everyone know how they can find you. At the end of the <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> Just, but, but they'll have to know that, you know, 99.5% of the people are going to <laughs> But they can only think about it for 20 minutes. <laughs> only 20 minutes. That's it. I only think yeah. about our date for 20 minutes and you can't, you can, that's all you can do too. Yes. No, I, I meant 99.5%. I keep wondering if it's five or 9% that you initially <laughs> said, and I'm trying to cover my bases. Um, Technically it's basically the same. So, you know, at that point, at that point for acting, same thing. At that decimal point. Yeah, at the decimal point. <laughs> oh, we oh, we're talking about point four. We're good. <laughs> True, true. Okay, so I'm in the ballpark, Um, (laughs) which I only need three out of ten. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Well done. Thanks. I'm playing on house money. (laughs) (laughs) Does everybody understand? Does everybody understand that 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 phrase? By the way, house money. I hope everybody understands what I mean. No, you might need to explain. You might need to explain it, but I have parents who played poker all the time. Okay, so. yes. All right, yes. House money. Yeah, house money. It's a gambling thing. House money. When you when you go b- uh, bet, if you put down $10 and you win 30 you take the $10 that you originally put, put that back in your pocket. Now you're just uh, gambling with the money that you got from the house, that you won from the house. So that's you're playing with house money. You know, it's, it's everything's free, basically, at that point. That's a good explanation. I could not have done that myself. But yes, pretty good. That's, that's yeah, really good. That's a high five. Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> Ten, I'd say. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> I wish you could have seen him fiving <laughs> <laughs> over my head. Uh, yes, yes, a few times for the ten. Mm-hmm. What were we saying? Um, um, what were we saying? I don't know. I was too caught up in the high fives. Oh, oh, what I was just to clarify, I meant that you would be saying no to 99.5% of the people. So, but I also, I also know that you're open-hearted and open-minded, so I don't mean to make any sort of real. I was just joking with all the numbers that we're throwing out right now. (laughs) Yeah. Catch up people. Uh, Take notes if you want, because we're going to talk about a lot of numbers, a lot of numbers. Not really. I know. Oh gosh. Um, so uh, I'm really touched by this friendship that you have. Was, was your friend's name Michael? Michael. Michael. Mm-hmm. Because you've known each other for 30 years. That means that you were young, really young when you first met and were acting. And that's a really different or many different seasons of, of life and acting. And 
that you hold one another's history mm-hmm. too must be really meaningful because you can look back and remember. And I would imagine that that friendship has been really valuable over yeah. these years. Yeah, very much so. Um, we've learned a lot from each other. We've, you know, we we have a, a kind of relationship where we can be angry with each other and, and we get to it to the other side. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, we're not perfect people. And even though we do a show together that we've been doing for quite a long time as well, I would say probably the last 20 years off and on here and there, that uh, you find a way to talk to each other and and uh, relate to each other and and people and understand each other that we can do things on stage in a show that we've been doing for a long time and know that if something else comes out of my mouth or something else comes out of his mouth, we I, I know where to go with that. Mm-hmm. We have a, a shorthand where we, where we know where the other person is going most of the time. And if we don't, we trust the other person so much that we would just go with them. Oh, um, and it's, it's, yeah, you can't, it doesn't always happen with everybody, but uh, when you can get on stage and you go, I'm comfortable with you, I know that I will be good with you no matter where we go. If you go off on a tangent, I'll, I'll go with you because I trust you is a fantastic feeling. And uh, to me, it's rare. But when you get that, you just want to do it over and over and over again, just because you want to figure out what, you know, how far can we go with this? Mm. Um, and we've been able to do that um, almost from the beginning. With <laughs> some of the stupidest jokes. I, 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 the first job we did together was at Disneyland, and I ruined one of his jokes because I didn't see where he was going. What <laughs> and happened? I ba- and I basically said the punchline for him. Uh, which is now a joke for forever. Um, I don't know if the joke will make any sense at all. So basically just, uh, I I responded with the punchline, not realizing that's what I was doing. And as soon as I said it out loud, I went, uh, in my mind, I went, you just killed it. And he went, and basically he, the only thing he could say was, well, yeah, now. <laughs> trying to think of the joke. Oh, I know it was, I know he, the, the whole joke is very quick. He walks in. It, it was a, we were doing a, an Aladdin show at Disneyland. Um, he runs into the uh, to the the theater and says, "I'm sorry, I'm late. I was I was I was um, I was caught up in the uh, in the Sahara forest." And, and uh, the the joke, the, the way to say it would be, "Isn't the Sahara a desert?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, now." Because he was, he was cutting down the tree. But, um, but I said, well, the Sahara is a desert now. And he went, yeah, now, you know, it's just, I totally, and since then, it, that, that's our joke for like the last 20, 30 years. Well, yeah, now, um, um, for anything. And it just works and we just laugh and laugh. But, but again, I understood from that moment on, we really had a thing where we're like, okay, I get it. We, I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. And we just, it's a thing. Um, how did I get on this? <laughs> where was I was, it, where was, I, I going I was asking about your friend. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he, and he's the guy, I'll just mention it. He's, he's the guy who wrote a book about all this basically and more. I mean, he wrote a book. It's called Audition Psych 101. Uh, his name is Michael Kostroff. Um, if you watch TV and stuff like that, you would know him if you, whether it's kid shows or adult shows, he's been on just about anything and everything. Um, but I highly recommend you, you read his book if you're an actor or anybody in the arts, because I think it'll help you with your brain <laughs> when it comes mm. to, to being nice to yourself and helping yourself. Oh, so relatable. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll definitely link that in the show notes. Tell his book. Sure, I think everyone too, right? Like to be able to yeah. read his work and mm. yeah, yeah, it's it's important. It's important to 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 take care of yourself. The, the, the other thing that I do to help myself is this is acting and stuff like that. This is what I do. It's not who I am. Oh, that's just a distinction. Yeah, mm. a lot of people in this in this world, it's their life. It's their whole life. Um that doesn't work for me because it puts my self-worth into my job. And if I'm not working all the time, my self-worth is not very 
big. Mm-hmm. And I can't have it that way. So who I am is is who I am as a as a friend, as a son, as a lover, um, whoever I am as a personal as you know, personally, that's who I am. And it can change from day to day depending on who I'm relating with. But that's who I am, not that's not what I do. What I do is acting. I feel pretty confident that I do it well but I'm not going to work all the time. It's just not the way it works. So I, it has to be that way. That's what I do. It's not who I am. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. I think I had to really think about that when I got really sick and I alluded to that very briefly in my episode, I think with, oh gosh, I think with Jade, but, and Eric mentioned briefly his kidney transplant. And I was also asking or talking to him a few days ago, I want to say, I can't remember. Yeah. Ta- time is blurry. Um, but I, we were talking about it and um, we're, I'm hoping, and, and we were talking about maybe having another episode with Eric on about his kidney transplant. So many beautiful things to glean from that whole experience too. So we'll circle back on that too. Um, Eric, you know, I would, love to know your thoughts on this because when you were talking about um middle school the very first audition and and musical you said that you know you went all the up rode the roller coaster right yep and then and still continue to do it and and have and so i would just love to know what it's like what is it that kept you in the game and what does it feel like to be in your art form or to be on stage or to contribute in that way. What is that like for you? Anywhere. You can go anywhere with it. Yeah. Well, it's changed over time. I mean, in the very beginning, it was acknowledgement of, um, you know, doing Bobby Birdie playing the Dick Van Dyke role, whose name I cannot remember in the show, Um, but doing that show, and having the applause and the, uh, the you know, laughing at jokes, that's the first thing that I remember going, oh, I like this. Oh, this is good. This is, I, oof, okay. And then there was also, you know, all the, suddenly I was very, wasn't very popular, but I was around a lot of people because, again, shy kid, still shy kid. Um, but suddenly I was having conversations with people that I didn't, hadn't even talked to before because we were on the show together. And um, even then, I was doing. Uh, uh, my father was a uh, was a psychologist, and people would come up to me for whatever reason and, and give me uh, tell me their problems and ask you know for advice in junior high school. Wow! Um, because now they were talking to me and you know whatever, and for for some reason at that age, thirteen, fourteen, whatever it is in junior high school, I'm giving advice to people. Same mm-hmm. age, so I guess that's okay. But um, there was something about all of that in the beginning. They were like, oh, I like this. There's a community, and I'm enjoying the, the acknowledgement and the applause. Um, that will keep me going for a while. And I think I did like five shows in junior high school suddenly, like back to back to back to back in those two years. Um, and it also didn't hurt that I had the same teacher in junior high school and high school for, for performing. Um, so I kind of, not that he was the best teacher, he wasn't, or the best person for that matter, uh, if we're going to be honest. Um, but there was something about the continuity at that time of those first six years of me really working on this, that was very helpful that I hadn't, didn't have to reintroduce myself to someone. Once I got into high school, he already knew who I was and whatever. So I got into a role basically over those six years of, learning just by doing, doing, and doing, and doing, and doing, which was very helpful. Um, but later on, you know, and still today, still today, I enjoy, when I get a, a very big laugh, um, I enjoy that. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy the entertaining people. I enjoy uh, people trust me with their um, night out where they want to be entertained. 
that's how I look at it. You're, you're, you're saying, yeah, I trust that you will make me laugh and make me feel good for the next two, three hours or whatever we're, you know, we're doing There's something about that, that I like, but I also, it, it's something I need to do. It, it fills my, yeah, I'm going to say it. It fills my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me feel like I'm leaving the world a little better than when I found it. Mm. Um, and I wish I could say that it was like that all the time. It's not. Sometimes it's just, I really need to make somebody laugh today. Um, and I'm going to get to do that tonight or whenever. But um, yeah, it makes me feel better. Um, I like hearing from people about how much they enjoyed it, whether it was me specifically or just the show that I was just in. There's something very exciting about that. Even if they're talking about somebody else to me, it's, I enjoy that too. I really enjoy, you know, you really liked him. I like him too. He's great. I think he's fantastic. I'm so glad that you enjoyed that too. There's something about that, the, the community uh, and not just the people that I work with, but the people that are, are enjoy what we do, the people who come to the stage door after a show and just want to like, say hi and be noticed and, 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 and thank, say thank you or whatever they're, they're doing. It's, it's, um, I didn't, I didn't get it at first. I felt really embarrassed about it. Like I don't really deserve this. And then I realized it's not about me. It's about them. They mm. need that. They need that, whatever that is. And I just need to be there for it. That's all. Uh, and look them in the eye mm. oh, and gosh. say, thank you. Or all that kind of stuff. That's, you know, it took me a while to figure that out and to appreciate it and to be okay with it. Cause again, shy kid uh, don't need a lot of attention in my life. Would what I do? Yes. Give me a lot of attention. I have no problem with that. But in my, my personal life, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that. Um, I have friends for that. We, we relate to each other. That's enough for me. So it's funny. It's funny learning. I still, you know, I still have lots of things to learn when it comes to this business and how to relate to, um, to the audience and with other people who work in it. I, I, there's a lot for me to still learn, but I, I feel like I have what it, I have the tools that I need to keep myself sane and uh, happy and um, comfortable, F- uh, not, not physically comfortable, but, you know, mentally comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. You know, in this podcast, I've used the metaphor of pulling back the curtain or breaking the fourth wall of being human. And it dawns on me that we are literally doing that when it comes to <laughs> you. We really are breaking the fourth wall and pulling back that curtain. I didn't really even think about where the origin of those phrases came from, but picturing you on stage and in front of the curtain or behind it, or, you know, some stages don't have curtains, but we won't get into <laughs> specifics. Anyways, um, one thing I know for sure is that art saves our lives. Yeah. And I I can understand why people are wanting to say hello after the show or, you know, just to impart their gratitude. But I know, you know, for me, whether it's, um, a musical or a film or a TV. Or any, I don't know why I'm listing all the art forms, as it, but but music, etc. I'm still listing <laughs> books. <laughs> you know, um, we we find a camaraderie that is so unlike what we might even be able to find in our own lives sometimes. It, it strikes chords that we might not even be able to put into words, or sometimes it'll touch a place that, you know, we didn't know we had put so far aside. And other times we're just, we want to laugh. We want levity because things have been so hard and we want some release and who knows what, I, there's so many different reasons, but art gives us inroads to those emotions and to those feelings and that experience in a way that I could never thank you for. I mean, it is amazing. Just thank you for all those auditions that you went to all of the times that you and Michael and all your other friends and 
your own reflections have allowed you to continue in an environment that can be really tough. I mean, it's a, it can be a really tough way to get through, you know? Yeah, I do. I do. And I've done it to myself plenty of times. I just so much appreciate all your insights. I would love also to hear from anybody who's listening what ways you all have found to deal with um, sort of, I guess, the subjective judgments and things that come with art. And um, and then uh, if it really spills over to anybody because living is so relatable and, and these kinds of situations show up, whether in dating, as we said, or what, who knows where, you know. So thank you for such beautiful insights. I know we have a couple of questions that we end the podcast with, but no, no, no questions, please. <laughs> no autographs, no questions. Sorry. Next. <laughs> oh, but I've been waiting in line for two hours. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I would. I so much would. Oh gosh, you are a gem. <laughs> Anyway, so we just started this tradition last with the last episode with my or my last interview with Jade. And I know I've talked to you about this, about the questions, Eric. Mm -hmm. The first question is, um, what is your favorite quote as of late or a favorite quote? The the first one that comes to my mind that remember when we used to put quotes on our Facebook pages? Do you remember that? Oh, my gosh. I forgot. <laughs> that, was the, that was the thing a, a long time ago. The first quote I ever put up on Facebook was from, um, oh, the movie, um, give me a second, Shawshank Redemption. Did, did you ever see Shawshank Redemption? Redemption? Mm -hmm. Rede Redemption? Wow, I could almost speak. Um, the <laughs> quote was, and I believe it's Morgan Freeman, whose character who says it, he says, uh, get busy. Get busy living or get busy dying. Oh, wow. Yeah, just kind of like that one. Mm -hmm. That's the one that sticks with me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh. I realize that for a lot of people that will be very, very, um, maybe not dark, but heavy, but it doesn't have to be. I see that. Right. I mean, I mean, it's not a, you know, a literal. No, exactly. It's, it's just, you know, either step up to the plate or get out of the way. Because somebody else will. It's your shot. Go take it. If you don't want it, um, it's your loss. And you need to rethink that. But somebody else is going to do it now, basically. I love that. It's your shot. Take it. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. What's the, oh, that's another quote that I really like. Oh, I can't remember. It's a Wayne Gretzky, and I'm not a hockey guy at all, but he said something. Oh, something about you never miss the shots you don't take, but that's that's not it because it's more, it's, that sounds negative. It was positive. You only, um, oh, I know what quote you're talking about. Right. Um, what is it though? Because I'm saying it wrong. I don't know, but you know the listeners are shouting. Yes, they're it yelling. At right now. <laughs> Please, it happens all the time on all on my podcast. I'm like, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying, and of course they do, and they let me know. Um, but uh, yeah, tweet Eric with this one. Please, please tweet me with that because I can't remember what it is. But it's a great quote. Um, he was also the only guy that that didn't never went toward the puck. He always went to where the puck was going. Right. I was appreciate right. that too. Again, not a Wait, wasn't guy. it? Hmm? Was it something like you'll miss 100% of the shots that you don't take or something, something like, like that? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. It's pretty close. It's much closer than what I said. <laughs> but yeah. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. That's just, <laughs> let's stick with that. Shoot your shot. <laughs> um, okay, Eric. The second question is what is a memory from your childhood? Um, We'll go with something positive. <laughs> at least, I at least I think it's positive. I mean, maybe people <laughs> will listen to this and go, I don't get it. Um, mm -hmm. When I was very young, um, 
like four, five years old. I, I watched Sesame Street a lot. I watched a lot of TV, but I watched Sesame Street a lot. And my favorite character was Oscar the Grouch. Um, and so I love Oscar. I do too. I still love yeah. him. Um, there's something very poignant about Oscar the Grouch. Mm-hmm. Um, but went somewhere along the line, I decided to grab our old uh, hamper, which was very small, very thin, wide, but, you know, didn't have, I don't remember why a hamper would be like that. Why wouldn't it be round? But anyhow, <laughs> um, but it had a lid on it and I would be able to sit in there, not comfortably, <laughs> even at the age of four to five, but I would be able to get in and close the lid if I wanted to. And I would watch the show basically as if I was Oscar the Grouch. No. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Kind of, I guess. Is it? Or is it psychopathic? It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Yeah. There was something about, um, about that that I really enjoyed that. Now, maybe that was the start of, of me wanting to perform on some level and not knowing it at the time. Um, but... Mm. I uh, I related somehow to Oscar the Grouch. Um, it's so funny because somebody made a movie, a dark movie. Maybe it was the Joker. Maybe that when the, the dark movie, the Joker came out. No, something else. No, it was the Joker. And SNL, I believe, did a a version of that for Oscar the Grouch, like a no dark, kidding. a dark real movie but and they had like some famous actor doing playing oscar it was a very funny little three minute thing but um i don't know why that triggered in my head um but there was something also very exciting about that to me uh taking all of our our old villains from and uh, or, you know funny villains and turning it kind of dark and going oh that's interesting um oh, yeah i wonder if that's on youtube i think it, it, is, huh? it has to be yeah it has to be oscar the grouch within the last couple of years um there's something yeah there's something about that character and doing that at four or five that was something to me something so sesame street is a children's program in the united states and could you just in case people don't know sort of explain what oscar the grouch who oscar the grouch is oh yes um first of all his signature song was i love trash um, I love, I love trash. trash. Anything dirty or dingy or dusty. dusty. Oh my gosh, you know this. Rank, Ragged or rotten. Rusty. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh See, my oh, gosh. We don't even have wine, just microphones. That's it. Just microphones. All we need. <laughs> karaoke. Watch out. Why isn't that on karaoke thing? Why can't I didn't you know remember? that you I knew that? Oh my gosh. And oh, we yes. impromptu both know that song. Oh, sure. That and Rubber Ducky. <laughs> BFFs forever. Of course. The one. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't Oscar the Grouch, it was definitely Ernie. Um, yeah, Oscar the Grouch was, uh, he was, let's say that he was a curmudgeon. He was a kindly yes, curmudgeon yes. who lived in a trash can. Um, and he was, uh, he was an outsider. He was, um, he didn't really fit in and he was okay with that, which was really important, I thought. He was okay being who he was. Mm. And didn't, um, and people still loved him on a certain level, um, the way they could, the way they felt about it. But he was definitely a part of the community and a, par- a part of the street, Sesame Street. Mm. And uh, it was important. God, I haven't like broken Oscar the Grouch down ever before. I was thinking the same or thinking about Sesame Street as an adult. It's so different. Yeah, he's, he's, he's cuddly, but he's, um, He's he his he he looks like a, a dirty green Yoda. Mm. In a, in and, a way. and and to be clear, he's he's a puppet. He's a just puppet. so people don't think yeah, he's a man. Right, he's not a man. No, he's <laughs> a, he's a, a puppet. A green, a, yeah, fuzz, green, fuzzy, dirty. Uh, you know, his very uh, scruffy. Scruffy. That's a good word. It's a very good word. Scruffy. Adorable. And, yeah. Yeah, and um. And talk to people like this. Oh, that's not- so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Clearly rehearsed. Yeah. That was so clearly good. Rehearsed. Well, not just kidding, him. but that was you really do it all good, the though. time. You know, he oh, yeah. um, he didn't really necessarily he pretended he didn't like people kind of like me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he really did. 
He really liked people. He liked yeah. people being around. Um, and I can't oh, remember who his best true. friend was. I think he had a best friend, but I can't remember who that was. Well, Big Bird came around a lot, right? A lot. And, and Snuffleupagus. I don't remember if Snuffleupagus. Don't... I don't remember if he came around. Oh, I'm just getting all the feelings coming up. Like, seriously, like, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so. Oh, what a good story. It's good. It's very good. And picturing you in the hamper. Oh, and, and here so I that... am, not, not a little green guy, you know. I, I had like very blonde, short hair and oh, oh my gosh. That's that so sweet. <laughs> oh, I was, I loved it. I was telling Eric earlier that one of the reasons that we do this question is because we can find, I think some of our true qualities, you know, that be are there's so many pure qualities of our, that we can find in ourselves from our childhood. And I just, I love that story so much. Thank you. Sure. Sure. Oh, Eric, it was so great to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy. And I cannot thank you enough. I really can't. Your expertise and your creativity and your friendship and just all the things you shared today. Amazing. My pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So, Eric, if people wanted to connect with you, where would be the best place for them to find you? Please don't. Please don't contact me. Um, <laughs> if you, geez, where do you, where do you want? If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at L-E-V-I-T-O-N-E-R-I-C. That's at Leviton Eric. Um, Your podcast. What else? My podcast. If you want to find um, my podcast, which is called How We Talk About Sex with Eric Leviton. It's basically me talking to people basically about how they talk about it, how they heard about, how they learned about uh, sex, who they talk to when it comes to sex, that kind of thing. And then it branches out from there, depending on who we're talking to. Um, what it's else? Awesome. If you, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, that, that kind of covers it. I mean, if you, I don't know that anybody needs to see my Instagram or my Facebook or anything like that. So if you want to find me, find me on Twitter and find the podcast and let me know if you want to, be a part of it or hear it, and I'll help you with that. Perfect. Oh, one other thing. One other thing. If you want to find Michael's book, you can go to Amazon.com. I know it's there. Um, his name is Michael Kostroff, K-O-S-T-R-O-F-F. It's, the book's called uh, Audition Psych 101, A Refreshing Approach to the Dreaded Process. Um, check that out. I believe it's, I think if you, if you use a Kindle, you can probably get it for 10 bucks. So. Oh, thank you. That's I'll definitely awesome. put it in the show yeah. notes. That's so good. Okay. Hey, Eric, could you share with us the show that you and Michael do just in case it travels to people's hometowns so they can maybe catch you live? Funny that you say travels um, mm -hmm. because it's called A Little Traveling Music. Oh, amazing. It, yes. Yeah, seriously. It's basically, basically, although we're not doing impersonations, we're basically doing Hope and Crosby, the radio, the road pictures. Oh, it's yeah. that kind of feeling. It's um, it's um, it's not new material. It's it's songs that you might have heard of. These are pretty strange songs, like they're wearing them higher in Hawaii. And uh, and the, uh, the opening song is mentioned my name in Sheboygan. So show, songs like that. So uh, it's it's nothing but funny. There's not a serious moment in the whole show. Um, and I think you'll enjoy it quite a bit. We're trying to get it around the country. And if you're uh, interested in doing, making that happen, please get a hold of me. We can talk about that too. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. If you want to see it, I think uh, I think you'll laugh quite a bit. I definitely want to see it. Yeah, I think you would really like it. And I will be waiting two hours outside after to get your autograph. Yes, you will. You'll be waiting more than two hours. <laughs> two Trust hours me. and more. And one minute. And one minute. <laughs> I'd wait two hours and two, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an agreement then. I'm going to put it down in writing. All right. Send that over. I'm so happy. This was so much fun, Eric. Thank it you. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Thank you. Thank you very much. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> and find me on Instagram at Lori Sase, L-O-R-I-S-A-S-E, or on my website, 
lauriesauce.com. We're only laughing because we had a few outtakes. Oh my gosh, that's where we should put in the bloopers. See y'all next time. Thank you again, Eric. I just cannot thank you enough. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Bye.